Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Dunn Tire. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. Phone lines open the entire first hour. We do have one guest lined up for you. Uh, Rick Beardsley, the four-time All-American, will join us at the top of hour number two as we talk SU lacrosse, another heartbreaker, Seth, for the SU men's lacrosse team falling in the ACC tournament semifinals by one to Virginia. Back-to-back losses by one goal. SU now sits at 7-6 and six on the season, probably in the NCAA tournament as it stands right now. But again, still a week left in the regular season. Some things can happen. And if you know there are a couple bid stealers out there, we see this every year when it pertains to college basketball and the NCAA tournament that an unexpected conference champ steals a bid. Syracuse might be sweating it out Selection Sunday. I think they're safe for now, but most likely going to have to start on the road. Yeah, I was going to say, am I able to ask the stupid question of, are they in trouble? Uh, you know, when it comes to the NCAA tournament, uh, I mean, they're 7-6. and six. They they seemingly lose every game to, you know, the, the top-ranked opponents. I know they beat Duke, they, they beat uh, Notre Dame, but... Uh, I don't know. It's, it seems like they're in trouble. Maybe, maybe that's just me as the, the novice lacrosse fan here, but it, it seems like they're in, in more trouble than maybe uh, people think. I think that the, the fact that they played such a difficult schedule and they have a high RPI, I think at the end of the day it saves them. Uh, but again, most likely, I, I don't think there's any chance to get a home game at this point, regardless no. of what they do to Colgate. So they're probably going to have to start on the road. I think they're in. Again, that can change depending on what happens over the course of this week. Maybe if they struggle with Colgate. If they lose to Colgate, then I think they're probably out. If they struggle right. with Colgate, that might be an issue. But we'll have Rick Beardsley on, and, and he can break it all down. We talked a lot about this on Saturday on the Upstate Lacrosse Show. And again, I think the, the general consensus is Syracuse should get in, kind of sneak its way in, but certainly going to have a very difficult road should they get in i do want to to touch on the nba playoffs uh at some point throughout the show i got some thoughts on carmelo anthony and and lebron james as lebron stays perfect all time or throughout his career in the first round 13 and 0 now uh just another epic performance out of lebron in in game seven yesterday against the pacers to move on so we'll talk some nba we can touch on the crunch if you'd like crunch will face toronto in the north division finals a rematch of last year. Uh, this is the third time the Crunch and Marlies will have met in the playoffs. The other two series went seven games, so it should be a good one. It all gets underway tomorrow night, so we can talk some hockey as the show moves along. But we start with the NFL, and the draft is now complete. When you look at the Bills, Jets, and Giants, I think we're going to kind of gloss over the Jets today, unless you know we have a listener who wants to talk Jets, and we could certainly do that. I think the Jets had a successful draft and I, I could have told you that right after they, they got the number 3 pick overall and they got Sam Darnold. Exactly. And I think all along, like that's the guy they wanted. Before the season even started, they wanted Sam Darnold, and he fell in their lap at number 3. So regardless of what happened from there for the Jets, I think it was a successful draft. They needed to find their quarterback of the future, and I think they did find their quarterback of the future in Sam Darnold. So let's put the Jets on, on uh, off to the side. The Bills, there's a lot to talk about. They had the six picks in the first three rounds. They were very aggressive. 
And and they went up and, and they traded up twice in the first round, got the two guys they wanted, ended up with three picks in the first three rounds instead of six, using those picks to move up. We'll talk about the, the Bills, certainly. I want to get your thoughts on the Giants because yeah. you know you were you were very outspoken about the Saquon Park Barkley pick. You love the player, you don't love the selection. Right. Now that the draft pick. is complete and you saw what they went about doing and the fact that, you know, with their second pick, you know, they went and they got Will Hernandez. I found it interesting. We had Art Stapleton on the show on Friday from the Bergen Record, and he said if if Will Hernandez is on the board, they should run to the podium with that pick. And they did. And they did. They, uh, that is exactly what they did. As a matter of fact, yes. Trey Wingo made reference to the fact that, oh, the first pick's it. Oh, the second pick is it. Like, right. immediately, yes. it was Will Hernandez. So now that you see, you know, they got the stud running back. They got an offensive lineman to help. They did pick up, you know, a backup quarterback as the, as the draft moved along. Now that you see their complete plan and the complete draft class, do you feel differently at all about Saquon Barkley? No, I don't feel differently about Saquon Barkley. I think the Giants did well overall. I still think it's really stupid to take a running back second. There's no the, 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 there's no value to taking a running back second in the draft. Uh, they could have gotten Darius Geis later, and I know there were some issues that came up during the day about Darius Geis. They could have gotten Nick Chubb later. Like that, There were other guys to pick up later in the draft who, who could have given you similar production. I'm not saying that any of those guys are Saquon Barkley, but the value just isn't there to go take a running back second overall. It doesn't make any sense uh, in any way, especially when you're the Giants, who have a 35-year-old, uh, 37-year-old quarterback who you know is not going to be able to play more than a year, maybe two. Uh, you know, he's already started to drop off, right? I, I don't think anybody would deny that except, well, Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer. Eli has already started to drop off, and the, and the fact that they're just ignoring that and they're just saying, eh, we'll be fine, we'll figure it out, it, it just, uh, no, like you, you don't want to be stuck in that that quarterback hell. Now, with that being said, I like that they picked up Kyle Lalletta, and and he's maybe a guy who they could, you know, figure out and mold and, and get to be a starting quarterback, but uh, I would have felt better if they picked up Sam Darnold. I would have felt better if they picked up Josh Rosen. Uh, I, I think that they're better options, and, and just because you went and had a, I think, a very successful end of the draft, that, that doesn't mean that I, I like your first pick anymore. I still think that was a terrible first pick. Many people are saying that Saquon Barkley is the best running back in the draft since Adrian Peterson. He's the guy that they're comparing him to. Mel Kuyper made the point. Last year, Dalvin Cook went in the second round. Joe Mixon went in the second round. Kareem Hunt went in the third round. Alvin Alvin Kamara Kamara went in the third round. round. And, And I understand that. If you have identified Saquon Barkley as the next Adrian Peterson, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but if you have the opportunity to draft Adrian Peterson, obviously he's not going to be there in the second round. That second pick of the second round, he's not going to be no. there. Somebody else is going to take him. Yes. So if you want Saquon Barkley, if you want the best running back in this draft, if you want you know the best running back to come out of college in a decade, potentially, again, that's, that's what... You know, that's what the experts are saying. That's Whether or not fine. you believe that, that's fine. But if you have a chance to get him and you have a quarterback for now, and I know it's going to be an issue coming up, but you have a quarterback for now, you you can't get behind the pick simply because no. it was so high in the draft. Yes. The values, so if they picked him 10th, you would have felt yes, better than if they picked abso- him 2nd. Absolutely. But you only get one pick in the first round. That's fine. But you, 
Picking at 10, you don't have the option of four quarterbacks. Picking at 10, you don't have the option of the best defensive lineman on the board. Picking at 10, you don't have the option of the best offensive lineman on the board. It's not just about not taking a quarterback. It's that the running back position has zero value in football right now. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. But would you have felt better if the Giants, instead of picking second... They traded down to, let's say, 11, because Josh Rosen went 10. So if they traded down to 11, if, and if for some reason Saquon Barkley was there at 11, which, again, is not realistic. Right, they would have but, but you would have felt better, again, from a positional standpoint, if they traded down and picked a position of need. doesn't even have to be running back, but they got another position of need at 11. You would have felt better about that than getting Saquon Barkley. I, I don't know. I, I mean, this is a t- uh, tough hypothetical. I wouldn't have wanted – I don't think the Giants wanted to, and I don't know that – it would have been good for them to trade down that far, right? I mean, I would have rather seen them take Bradley Chubb or trade down to five and get uh, Quentin Nelson or trade down to five and still get Saquon Barkley and another pick. Like, uh, uh, there there was more there for them to do, and I, I, don't, I don't think that running to the podium and taking Saquon Barkley at second overall and paying him at the top of his pay grade for his position before taking an NFL snap and giving him the second most guaranteed money for a running back ever before taking a, 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 an NFL snap, it just doesn't make sense to me. And so maybe if you take him at four, like the Cowboys did with Ezekiel Elliott, okay, maybe I get it. But even they, they seem like they were more put together, right? The Cowboys had the offensive line. The Cowboys seemingly had their quarterback in Tony Romo, uh, who, yeah, had injury problems, but you thought might play a couple more years. Uh, you know, they, they had Des Bryant on the outside. Like, it, it seemed like they were more put together than the Giants were. And and I, I don't think that it's as simple as, well, they'll plug in Saquon Barkley and they'll be a playoff team next year. I think that there, were, not, right, there were serious problems on the team. And, and I'm not suggesting that. I guess the way that I look at it, or at least, again, to take the, the opposite side of this would be, you know, you said trade down to five. I don't know what the Browns would have done. My guess is the Browns probably would have taken Saquon Barkley. Okay, so, then you get Bradley Chubb. Okay, or and so you, you would have been fine Nelson. with that. So yes. th- th- my point is this, is that they had identified, we think this guy is the best guy in the draft. Yes. And you pick number two overall, and you you can pick the best guy in the draft if you want. So they did. And and they only get one pick, and if they had traded down to five, he's probably not going to be on the board. And you're right, there would have been other talented players on the board they could have gotten, and they could have addressed a position of need. They identified Saquon Barkley as the best player in the draft, and I think most people believe that. They said, you know what, we're going to resist the temptation to take a quarterback. We're going to take who we think is the best player. No, and and look, on the surface, that's fine. Like, I agree. Saquon Barkley's a great player. It just, like, to me, the combination of picking second and taking a running back, there's a reason a running back hadn't been taken second since 2006. Like, there's a reason that Alvin Kamara, as a third-round rookie who's splitting carries, is able to win Rookie of the Year. Like, off the running back is so irrelevant right now. It do, it just doesn't matter. And you already went out and spent $6 million on Jonathan Stewart, who is over the hill and a terrible running back now. And you already have uh, Wayne Gallman and Paul Perkins and other guys on your roster. Like you, you don't need a running back, right? Like, none of those are great options, but you don't need a running back. You can be a very... Uh, a very good offense without having any running back, any running game, so to speak, because it, it's all passing now. So I, I just don't understand it from the value point of view. Like the the NFL draft and any draft really 
is all about exploiting young, cheap labor, right? That That's really what it's about. It's about we get these guys, we tell them where they have to go, and we're paying them on the very low end of the, the professional pay scale. Except that you didn't do that by taking a running back, right? Like, like you, you, you went around the purpose of the NFL draft by taking a running back second because instead of getting somebody like a quarterback who's only getting paid $8 million or an offensive tackle who's only getting $8 million when you just went and shelled out how much for Nate Solder or Bradley Chubb who's only going to get $8 million next year when you paid how much for Olivier Vernon, well, your running back is getting $8 million, which is third highest in the league, and one of the two ahead of him is on a franchise tag. Like, you you just defeated the purpose of having a draft. You said that you don't need a running back in this league or a running game. I understand your point. The Giants' front office has said they want that to be their thing. They want well, to be a Dave, physical running football team. So that's if that's the, problem, the case, well, right, I was going to say it's a <laughs> philosophy thing because if that is your philosophy and that's how you're going to try to win games, and it, it's not too dissimilar to what Jacksonville did, right? They, they put together a dynamite defense. They wanted to run the football with Leonard Fournette and score enough points to beat you. And if that is how the Giants think they're going to win, even though they have you know Odell Beckham Jr. and you know, Ingram and Shepard, and I mean, they've got weapons. If they want to be a physical team and run the football, you need a running back. And they got the best one. They got arguably the best player. So all, can you, all I'm saying is, is that if that's like if that's their identity, maybe they didn't mess up this pick. Isn't it fair, though, to question whether that should be your identity no, yes, right now? No in, doubt. In 2018? Question when, that all when, day long. When even the Jacksonville Jaguars, who did it successfully, right, and won the AFC Championship game, are like, no, we need a better quarterback because we need to throw the ball. Uh, you know, when when the Jacksonville Jaguars, who went to the AFC Championship game on the backs of a running game and defense, scored 45 points in, in their game against the Steelers to get to that game against the Patriots. Like, there's that doesn't seem, given the way the rules are right now in the NFL, that doesn't seem like the smart way to really build a team, right? Sure, have a running game there. Hand, a, hand the ball off to a guy. Fine, whatever. Don't hand the ball off to him two times before throwing a a, a hook pass seven yards trying to get your first down. Like it, I, I don't know that in 2018 it makes sense to build your team that way. Yet here we are with the Giants and their 67-year-old GM who they went out and brought in this offseason and they're trying to play like it's the 1990s. So what I'm hearing is you don't trust the front office. I don't know. I, well, I, I'm look. I'm not giving. I'm not giving reason to. They overpaid for Nate Solder. They gave six million dollars to a running back who averaged three and a half yards per carry last year, and then they went and took a running back second overall. I, like I'm, I'm not. I haven't been given much reason to trust him so far. And so this is this is how we differ on our teams. And we're going to take a break and we're going to talk Bills. And the, and the way we differ is this. There are, are some question marks with what the Bills did over this weekend as well. Namely the Josh Allen thing. I personally am going to trust the new regime until I can't trust them anymore. You have reasons. You just listed a few. Why? Oh, and they traded their best defensive player, too. Right. I should note that. So you, second best. So you have reasons to question the front office. My only reason to question the front office in Buffalo is that that's what Bills fans do because that <laughs> it's just... Right? I right. mean, for the last 20 years. For the last 20 years, it's been right. bad decision after bad decision, or it's felt that way anyway, and it's been mediocre team after mediocre team, and so it's just ingrained in you that you... You're skeptical of what your front office decides to do. I'm going to reserve judgment. I'm going to, as they say, you know, trust the process with the Sixers. I have my 
questions about Josh Allen. There's no doubt about it. Um, but it sounds like you have made up your mind that you're not going to trust them until they give you reason to. And for me, it's the other way yeah. around. I will trust this front office until I don't have reason to. Look, maybe maybe it's this idea that Dave Gettleman comes from the old Giants regime and that um, the last two times the Giants have made a change, like I don't think they've really made any change, uh, and that is they, they Ernie, of course, he retires, right? Dave Gettleman had left. They bring in Jerry Reese. Okay, fine, whatever. He was their assistant. Uh, but then they get rid of Tom Coughlin. They're like, hey, Tom, it's time to go. Like, move along. But they keep the whole coaching staff. It's like, that wasn't change, right? Like, that wasn't change. They They did nothing. And then when Reese leaves and a chance to hit the reset button and really start over and really bring in a new philosophy and bring in somebody young who's got good ideas and is forward thinking, they go back to the guy who was with the organization when Jerry Jerry Reese was working here and not doing a good job, and they bring in Dave Gettleman. Like I, I, I don't know. It just, it, it it just it it's hard for me to wrap my mind around. They trade Jason Pierre-Paul. They over overpay for a running back and a, and a left tackle, and they float the best play the the best receiver in football out there in trade rumors. I I, I have a hard time trusting them right now. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four Giants fans. We want to hear from you on what your team accomplished in this draft or maybe didn't accomplish in this draft. We're going to take a timeout. We'll talk Bills as well. Keep it here. Orange Nation just getting started on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Phone lines are open for the entire first hour, 315-437-7644. We are powered by Drivers Village. Stephen Fonte, Seth Goldberg with you up until 2 o'clock as we continue to talk NFL Draft. Giants taking Saquon Barkley number two overall. You said during the break, you didn't say it on the air. You said during the break, you said outside of Saquon Barkley. I love their I think draft. the Giants had a great draft. I love their draft outside of Saquon. I, I love that they went and got a linebacker relatively early ish in the third round. Uh, I like the Will Hernandez pick. I really like the Kyle Lawletta pick. Like, there's not much for me to complain about outside of Barkley. I wonder if a year from now you're going to think different. I think Barkley. I might. He's I, think, a, and I, I love him as a player. Right. And your argument about the money, like I get it, and the fact that you're paying that much to a running back, and I I, I get what you're saying. I think he's going to have a huge year statistically because they're oh, going to rely might. on him to do so much. They want to run the football. He's going to carry the rock quite a bit. He's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. He's he's a, a good blocker as well. He's going to be on the field like constantly, All obviously. Yeah. So it, it's not going to be one of these platoon situations you wouldn't think. He's he, also going to return kicks, probably. He, he's going to have a big year, I think, statistically. Yes. So I wonder a year from now if you're going to think differently. Well, I understand the finances of doesn't, it. Doesn't some of it depend on two things, Eli and Sam Darnold, because you're going to be watching Darnold in your same Fair point. But, but Darnold wouldn't be playing this year anyway. I So Darnold down the road, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Um, but, it, I mean, it's Eli's team. So, yes, it depends on... If Eli is is viable for the next couple of years, how, how many good years do you think Eli has left? Or, you know, we talked about this on Friday. You know, does, define does, good. Does he have serviceable, any? I mean... <laughs> serviceable years? How how many years can you get by with him as your starting quarterback? One, maybe two. Okay, so you think the end is near, yeah. like very near? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I think that they can very easily cut him after this season. I mean, he's only got six million dollars in a dead cap hit. After this year, you could very easily cut him after that. Is it this year. fair to say that by taking Saquon Barkley number two overall, they think it's multiple Three years? Three or four, yeah. Or, or just more than one. I, I think, think so. If they firmly believed it was one year and then we cut him, my guess is they, they, don't, they don't take Barkley. It, again, I agree. That's just, maybe I'm reading too much into it and they just wanted the best player on their board. But to me, that signals Eli Manning is, is the Giants quarterback for multiple years, not just one. I agree.
As for the Bills, and I, I alluded to this before the break, I talked about this a little bit on Friday. Yes, I, I have some questions about Josh Allen. No doubt about it. Going into this draft, though, the Bills needed a quarterback. They weren't going to get Baker Mayfield. He went number one overall. They weren't going to trade up and get Josh Darnold because, or Sam Darnold, sorry, because the the price was going to be too high. They 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 couldn't have done that without mortgaging their future. Right. They identified Josh Allen as the guy that they wanted, and with that in mind, they executed their plan about as well as they could have. They hung on to their second first round pick. They didn't mortgage their future. They didn't give up a first-rounder next year. They traded up, and they landed the guy they wanted. And again, we could debate whether or not they should have wanted him. But they they executed their plan perfectly, they really, did. in the first round. Yeah, no, they they really did. I, I, I thought, uh, look, and I, I'm not a big Josh Allen fan, but at the same time, like to your point, they executed their plan perfectly. And, and I think that uh, giving up just the two second-rounders to move up the five spots was perfect. Um, I think that their second trade-up was just as good, if not better. I think that the Bills had a really solid first round from that perspective. I mean, if you want to get into it, like I, I'm not a Josh Allen fan. I think their second first-round pick was better than their first. Uh, but as far as actually making the trades and executing, they did a great job. So they had six picks, as we know, going into the draft in the first three rounds. They ended up with three picks in the first three rounds. And you look at who they got with those three picks. They got the guy they believe will be the quarterback of the future. They got a linebacker in Tremaine Edmonds who most likely is going to start from day one. And in the third round, they picked up Harrison Phillips out of Stanford, who most likely will start, if not compete, for a starting job from day one. So through three rounds, most teams get just three selections in the first three rounds. I think they nailed it in that regard. They used the picks that they had stockpiled to get aggressive, to get the guys they wanted. Oh, Edmonds has fallen in the first round. He's there later than we thought. We're going to move up. We're going to grab him. We're going to do whatever it takes. So I like that. I like the fact that they were aggressive. I like the fact they went after the guys they wanted. I like the fact that they got versatile guys who can play multiple positions, who can help out on special teams throughout the course of the draft. By and large, I, I like their draft class. With that being said, there is a reason why you go through all the national publications and the national analysts, and and everybody likes to grade the teams and how they did in the draft. And there is a reason that some love this draft for the Bills and some hate this draft. It's almost like there's no in-between. right? I saw USA Today gave them an F after the first round. Uh, I saw CBS gave them a D for their entire draft. And it comes back to it's one pick. Josh Allen. It comes back to Josh it's Allen. All on and Josh the same Allen. thing, you know, Mel Kuyper gave the Bills an A. And his point was, I love the draft class. This comes down to the potential of Josh Allen and if he pans out. So he's willing to give this staff and this front office the benefit of the doubt. And he says they executed their plan. And that's the way I feel. They executed their plan. They did. They absolutely But no, there is did. no in between. There's no, no very few people are giving no them like a C. C. Yeah. It's either <laughs> like they failed or they hit it out of the park because they did what they, they set out to do. It just comes down to whether or not you can get on board with Josh Allen. And again, the numbers are hard to ignore. Right. I, I mean, look, I'm I'm not on board with Josh Allen. I, I, I have a hard time getting on board with that pick. I, I really do. Um, I think conditions is a stupid reason, and, and weather is a stupid reason to pick a quarterback in the first round. Uh, because you're going to have one, maybe two games a year that, that are really going to be affected by weather. And you know what? Guess what you're not doing in those games? You're not dropping back and throwing 30 times. That's the game that you lean on your your all-pro running back in LaShawn McCoy. Uh, you know, so so I find that to be a, a dumb reason to trade up and make a first-round pick. 
Uh, but at the same time, he, he's prototype size, right? He's got athleticism. Uh, can he figure out the accuracy problems? I, I don't know. Maybe he can, right? Maybe maybe he can, and maybe he becomes a, a good NFL quarterback. I, I don't know. I, think, I, I tend to think accuracy is a tough thing to figure out. They've made it sound like Josh Allen was the quarterback they wanted. I have a hard time believing that. I got to think that if Baker Mayfield was an option or Sam Darnold was an option, I would assume that they liked those guys better than Josh Allen. It ultimately came down to Rosen or Allen. And it, clearly, they liked Allen more than Rosen. And I'm not really sure why that is. I know he had two really bad concussions. And to spend that much money... And to say that this guy's the face of our franchise when he's got that kind of history with head injuries, I get that they shied away a little bit. Um, you know the 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 attitude that Rosen has. I don't I don't think that was the reason. And and to be honest with you, Seth, and I know that it came up about the bad weather. I got to think that it, it didn't at the end of the day come down to that. Like no, I, I, don't I don't think know, so. I, don't, I hope not. Anyway, no. I but hope. that but that was like one of those things. It was like the, the first thing right, out of their mouth. Right. That's why I say it. Like they were like, he's big guy, got big, big guy, head, and he got, can throw he's through big wind. Guy, got big hands. He played in conditions, and I was like, oh my god, no. Right. And so I think, don't do this again. I think that was hopefully them just, you know, on the spot, like giving some of the reasons. I can't imagine that, you know, the fact he played in snow in Wyoming is why they picked him. Um, because to your point, it's a, it, it's a good point. They're they're playing, you know, two games in bad weather, three games in bad weather. They're you know certainly last year during that snowstorm. I don't care who you are, you're not, you're throwing, not throwing the ball it. in that anyway. Um, so I hope that didn't break the tie. They clearly <laughs> liked him better, though. They liked, oh, yeah. you know, they fell in love with his size, his arm strength. And again, I am going to trust this regime until I can't. And they did execute what they set out to do. And if you said going in, and we did say going in, this is what they need, right? You know, they needed a linebacker. They got a stud. They needed some help. On on the defensive line, they got a stud for the you know for where they picked him third yep. round. Got a really high value there. Couple they needed corners. a quarterback. They got some corners. Like they they got versatile players who can help with special teams. They did a nice job in terms of filling needs and and high value for their picks. And again, at the end of the day, it comes down to whether or not Josh Allen is better than like JP Lossman. Yes, and I hope that he is. <laughs> can I ask a stupid question? Kind of kind of semi tongue in cheek here. Yeah, is it possible? conspiracy theory that <laughs> Brandon Bean was all in on Josh Allen. It's like, this has to be our guy. And Sean McDermott was like, eh, I don't know. So Bean was like, all right, I'll make it up to you. I promise. So he trades up and takes a linebacker and then sits tight and takes another defensive player and then takes two more. Their next four picks, really, really more than their next four picks, their next five picks, because they gave up a third rounder to go get Edmonds were defensive players. Like is it possible that Bean was like, hey, Trust here's, me on this here's one. how much I here's how confident I am on this guy. Like all our picks are gonna be defensive guys. Like <laughs> for you. Give yeah, give me this pick and then you can have the rest. You right. can you can have the next build day your and defense. Half. <laughs> but but I need this one. <laughs> I mean I gotta think that they were they were on board. I, I hear what you're saying. Um they they identified that they love Josh Allen, and they obviously it's their job to work him out and to evaluate the quarterbacks. I don't know if he was number one on their board. I got to think he wasn't number one on their board, but he was certainly higher than Josh Rosen. And just like you said, the Giants are going to be comparing 
how Sam Darnold works out right across, you know, the street there. Yeah. Um, you know, well, it's same building, same obviously. Hallway. Yeah, same across the hallway. Well, right, same <laughs> building. They, they're going to be comparing for a long time how good Sam Darnold is compared to whatever is next for the Giants at that position. The Bills are going to be comparing, and Bills fans are going to be comparing Josh Allen to yeah. how Josh Rosen does with the Cardinals. Um, that's just the the nature of this, and and we'll wait and see. And and history tells us two of these guys are going to be good. Two of them are going to be good. And I know that you have Josh Allen at the top of your list of who's not going to be good. I do. I do. I have Josh Allen as a as a not going to be good. I I think Baker's going to be good. I really do. I know you do. And I, I don't I don't know. I I don't know the other way because I I think Rosen's going to be pretty good and I don't know what that means for Darnold. And maybe the Cardinals are and Lamar. Are the and Car- Lamar. Well, right. Lamar we should we should mention because he did get picked with the the last selection of the first round. That was a great the, pick. The Cardinals are more ready to win right now than the Jets are. Yeah, look, I'm not I'm not going to bet against Josh Rosen because he gets the throw to Larry Fitzgerald. And and that's, that seems a little unfair. And Sam Darnold gets the Jets. <laughs> exactly. And has to erase the uh, the memory of Mark Sanchez. Yes. Yes. So Look, as long as he doesn't fumble by sliding into someone's butt, he's good. <laughs> he's already got him beat? <laughs> yes. He's already just, a notch ahead of Sanchez? Tim, just don't do that, and you're, you're good. 315-437-7644. Got to take another timeout. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.